I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you. And as we get ready for a new year, it's important that we take a look back at some of the biggest stories of this past year. Some of the biggest conversations that Senator Ted Cruz and I had, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Give you some of those big stories and things to look forward to or issues that you may need to be paying attention to heading into 2024. Senator, you're at the border. You are uh, there where Title 42 has literally just expired. What does this mean for the country and what have you seen today? Well, Ben, you and I are recording this. It is right now 1214 a.m. Friday morning. Title 42 expired at midnight. So for 14 minutes, the last legal authority the Biden administration was using to deport illegal aliens is no longer in effect. From the first day of the Biden presidency until today, we've seen over six and a half million people cross into this country the worst illegal immigration in the history of our country. As of right now, it is about to get much, much worse. And so I flew down this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and came to the southern border with with three other senators, with Roger Marshall, with John Hoven, and Ted Budd. And the four of us wanted to see firsthand what is happening here. We wanted to be here for the expiration of Title 42, to let the American people know what is happening and that the Biden administration wants this absolute catastrophe to unfold. It is truly shocking to watch the images that so many Americans saw uh, and we'll see over the weekend of the drone footage, if you've been watching Fox News Channel, uh, of tens of thousands of people waiting to come across the border and there was a warning that was given advice that was given 
uh, not only to the Biden administration by Border Patrol, but we actually have a guest with us tonight that warned the Biden administration that this was going to happen. And the Biden transition team clearly said, no, 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 we don't care about the chaos and the anarchy. We want this by design. Well, that's exactly right. And so tonight, Ben, you and I are joined by someone who has become a very good friend of mine, uh, Brandon Judd. Brandon is the president of the National Border Patrol Council. That is the union, the national union for the men and women of the Border Patrol all, all across this country. And I have spent hundreds of hours with Brandon and with the heroes of the Border Patrol. I've been blessed to go out with them repeatedly on midnight patrol down down on the border. I've been uh, been with them at midnight muster. I've been with them uh, as they're processing this deluge of illegal immigrants. I've been with them to encourage those heroes while they have political superiors who undermine them, who belittle them, who insult them, and who deliberately prevent them from doing their jobs. And, and I have to say it, 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 it is a miracle that they continue to show up to work every day to protect this country even while facing a president and an administration that is doing everything it can to make it impossible for them to succeed at their task. Brendan, I got to ask you about the warning and the advice that you gave uh, to the Biden administration. You you gave advice. You told the Biden transition team uh, before even Biden took office what they need to do to keep a secure border. You represent, obviously, as the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Border Patrol agents who, uh, right now, God bless all of you for what you do, because I can't imagine going to work every day knowing that the administration is working against you the way that they are right now. But what did you tell them? And, and, And you knew this day would come, and this hour would come, and this moment would come if they did and put in place the policies that they have now put on all of us. Not just once. I sat down with the transition team three separate times to discuss the issues that we face on the border, to discuss what could be done to to keep the American people safe. And that's what border security is all about. We've and, got to keep and, the American people safe. And to be clear, safe. Brandon, this was not just the Trump transition team, although you sat down with them as well. I we're did. Talking well, about, I was on the Trump transition you team. You were on the Trump transition team. But when Joe Biden came in, you sat down I did. with them. I and, did. And... and you tried to help them not have this disaster. I, I, I did the best that I could. I didn't vote for Joe Biden. I don't like Joe Biden. I didn't like him as a senator. I didn't like him as the, as the vice president. But I did want him to succeed as the president of the United States sure. because if he succeeds, the American people succeed. Yep. That's all I cared about. And so I sat down with the transition team. I sat down with them three separate times. And, and we went over in depth what needs to be done on the border to secure, to secure the border. And we even stayed within the parameters that, pre, that, that Biden gave on the campaign trail it's not like we we offered them up radical ideas it's not like we were telling them stick with the trump policies although i would have loved to have stuck with those policies we worked within their parameters and they still rejected it which clearly showed to me that they didn't care about securing the border they didn't care about the 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 american people who they're supposed to be protecting and so it was it was uh, really disgusting to me and then not only did i sit down with the transition team i actually spoke with secretary mayorkas prior to his his confirmation and discussed the issues with him as well. And so when you look at this, uh, it's it's not like they can claim that they didn't know. It's not like they can say we didn't know what we needed to do. They knew they 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 know exactly what they need to do. They knew what they needed to do. And so you have to ask yourself, 
Are they doing this on purpose? And I think that the only answer is yes, they are. They are doing this on purpose. They are pandering to open border activists. Uh, look at the West Wing. Look, look at the West Wing. They're, all of the political appointees in the West Wing, they come from activist backgrounds. Look at, the, look at the political appointees in DHS. They come from activist backgrounds. So now you have activists that are running legitimate law enforcement agencies. Well, Brandon, you were with me when, when, when I brought down 19 senators yep. to the border. Yep. And we went in to, 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 to the Biden cages, to the tent city at Donna. Yep. And, and there, the Biden administration refused to let TV cameras in. They refused to let Fox News in. They refused to let ABC News in because they said that the, that the cameraman might have COVID. Now, mind you, these, these, these Biden cages were packed wall to wall. And, and as you'll recall, and Brandon, you'll recall well because you were standing there. Yep. I pulled out my cell phone and I began taking pictures and recording it. And the Biden DHS had sent they'd sent this little political operative who jumped in front of the camera and tried to block me. And she was she was the right hand to 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 the head of CBP. And her job was prevent the American people from seeing the disaster they were creating. And so, you you, you know, I kind of laughed and said, well, you're about to make yourself famous. And I think that. That video that I took on my cell phone, because they wouldn't let news cameras in, it ran on just about every news station. It did. It did. And it showed, and, and at one point she was yelling at me, respect these people, respect these digni- their dignity. And I said, you respect these people. You're the one that have locked them up in cages like animals, and, and you leave. They were stacked. You saw children shoulder to shoulder lying on the floor on mats with, with, with silver reflective blankets, there was a rate of COVID positivity among the kids that was through the roof, and the Biden policies kept having thousands upon thousands and ultimately millions of people coming. Yeah, as, as a federal employee, as a Border Patrol agent, that was one of the funniest things I had ever seen in my career. It was, it was absolutely great to see this little political appointee, this little activist, just absolutely lose her mind. And that goes back to the, the problem that we're, we're dealing with this, this administration. We all want to have an honest conversation. When I say we all want to, the honest people want to have yes. a conversation so the American people understand what's going on. I don't care if the American people agree with me. I don't care if they... If they come back and say that, you know, I'm wrong, all I want is I want them to have all of the information. I want them to be able to make an informed opinion upon all of the evidence, not just the rhetoric that comes out of the White House. And if we have that honest conversation, I am absolutely convinced that the American people will agree that the border needs to be secured. And I I am absolutely convinced that they will blame what is currently going on on the border, on this administration, and that they will know that this administration is actually killing American citizens. Fentanyl poisoning is taking place. 70,000 U.S. citizens are losing their lives every year to fentanyl poisoning, and it's all because the Biden administration does not allow us to go after the cartels. They're enriching the cartels. Brandon, how frustrated are Border Patrol agents right now? Give me the real sentiment of the men and women on the front line. We're sick of him. We're sick of him. He, he's, he's got to go. As, as far as we're concerned, he has got to go. And we, we're absolutely demoralized. I, I, I believe that every hardworking person in this country, they want to feel like their job means something. They yes, want to feel yes. like they, they have accomplished something. They want to go home every day thinking that I did a good job. Border Patrol agents cannot do that right now. We know that every single time we put on a uniform, that 
we're not doing anything. All we're doing is actually aiding and abetting um, these criminal cartels with facilitating the transport of illegal aliens throughout the entire United States. The fentanyl that's coming in. We want to go after these cartels. We want to go after their profits. We want to stop sex trafficking. We want to save migrants' lives. And this administration won't let us. If you're a guy and you are sick and tired of feeling like you've gotten a little bit older, maybe you you feel like weakness and complacency have set in, you're not alone. Testosterone levels have literally fallen off a cliff historically, and they're now at an all-time low. Now, thankfully, uh, the Patriots at Chalk are here to help real men just like you take back your right to proudly maximize your masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20%. Over 90 days, yes, 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the male vitality stack, and it's manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, and your mood. So, if you're ready to fight back and not give in to the weakness that everybody seems to be obsessed with, then check out Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Boost your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Go online to C-H-O-Q.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Check out the Male Vitality Stack and use the promo code BEN for 35% off. That's right. You'll save 35% off right now for life at Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, promo code BEN. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is so much this Trump indictment that needs to be broken down. That's going to be the goal today for people to understand this indictment. Let's walk through exactly what they have charged Donald Trump with and also your overview. How serious is this, in your opinion, uh, scale one to ten? We've seen like in New York, there was not a lot of people worried about that indictment. They thought it was frivolous. They thought it was kind of absurd. Uh, Statue of limitations. There's going to be a lot of problems in court. Is this different? Well, the last podcast we did on Friday, uh, we did it right after news of the indictment broke, but the indictment wasn't public. What has changed between then and now is we now have the indictment, so we can see specifically what they brought. Uh, I will say now, having reviewed the specific indictment, it's pretty underwhelming. There's not a lot of there there. Um, We talked quite a bit before the indictment about how I believed it was extremely likely that the Department of Justice was going to indict Donald Trump, Uh, that Merrick Garland, I believe, wants to indict Donald Trump. I think he came into office wanting to indict and to prosecute Donald Trump. Uh, But we also talked about the problem that he couldn't just base it on the classified documents because it so happened just about everyone else had did the same damn thing. And so... We discussed on this podcast how I believe they would really build their case as an obstruction case. What's interesting is they did that, but the bulk of the indictment focuses on the classified documents. So so if you look at, at the indictment, there are 37 counts in the indictment. It starts with criminal offenses concerning the willful retention of national defense information, withholding a document of record, corruptly concealing a document of record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, a scheme to conceal. And if you look at it, all right, so counts one through 31, so the bulk of the indictment, are multiple counts of willful retention of national defense information. And by the text of it, the terms of of that crime are serious. Whoever, having unauthorized possession of, access to, or control over any document, writing, code book, signal book, sketch, photograph, photographic, negative, blueprint, plan, map, model, instrument, appliance, or note relating to the national defense, or information relating to the national defense, which information the possessor has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or the advantage of any foreign nation willfully communicates, delivers, transmits, or causes to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted, or attempts to communicate, deliver, or transmitted, or cause to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted, the same to any person not entitled to receive it, or willfully retains the same and fails to deliver it to the officer employee of the United States entitled to receive it. Whoever, being entrusted with or having lawful possession of or control of any document, writing, code book, signal book, sketch, photograph, photographic, negative, blueprint, plan, 
map, model, instrument, appliance, note, or information relating to the national defense through gross negligence permits the same to be removed from its proper place of custody or delivered to anyone in violation of his trust or to be lost, stolen, abstracted, or destroyed or having knowledge that the same has been illegally moved from its proper place of custody or delivered to anyone in violation of its trust or lost or stolen, abstracted, or destroyed and fails to make prompt report of such lost theft, abstraction, or destruction to his superior officer, the consequence of all of that is that you face a maximum fine of $250,000 and imprisonment of not more than 10 years or both. Now, there's 31 counts of that. Uh, If those 31 counts, if Trump were convicted of it, and if they ran consecutively, he could be sentenced to 310 years in prison. Now, on the face of that, all that sounds serious. Yeah. Except for the problem that this is a president of the United States. This is a president of the United States, and every president of the United States has taken papers from his time as president. That goes back, I suspect, back to George Washington. This is a general statute that if you or I are working in government, we have a classified document and we shove them down our underwear – like Sandy Berger, who was the national security advisor to Bill Clinton, did. That's the kind of statute that can be used to go after you. In this instance, the press has been breathless about the allegation that Trump stored classified documents in his bathroom, in his shower. And the Biden Department of Justice media production office helpfully took a picture which they conveniently released to the world because this is a media production. And I say that tongue-in-cheek. It should not be a media production, but they are engaged in politics here. We've all seen the picture of the boxes stacked up in the marble bathroom with the chandelier. And there's something titillating about that. That's an odd place to store classified documents in in a shower. Although I have to ask you something. Number one... Every president has taken records. So just saying, oh, if you have a national security record, you're obviously a felon. Well, if we're going to lock up all our former presidents, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Jimmy Carter is going to last long uh, in, in doing hard time. Uh, Bill Clinton, on the other hand, could do quite well behind yeah. bars. But secondly, OK, fine. You've got an embarrassing place for documents to be, which is a bathroom and shower. Is that any more embarrassing than in a cardboard box in a garage next to an antique Corvette? Yeah. That would be where Joe Biden kept his documents. Or classified documents on a server in Hillary Clinton's basement in her bathroom. At the end of the day, the biggest problem the Department of Justice has is the screaming hypocrisy. This breathlessly says, my God, he had a classified document off with his head. And it doesn't say a word about why they have no concerns at all about Joe Biden, about all of the documents he had, not in one place, not in two places, in multiple places, left with no security, left stacked in the garage, unlocked garage. This is so obviously a double standard. This is a double standard driven by a Department of Justice that's blinded by hatred. I think they've convinced themselves that Trump actually is Adolf Hitler. 
And so nothing else matters. If you're going after Hitler, everything is justified. And, well, yes, Joe Biden did the same thing. Well, yes, Hillary Clinton did the same thing. But they're not Hitler. This is how their, their thinking goes. They're not Hitler, so it's fine. We like them. They're on our team. So it's not a crime if they do it. But boy, isn't this a good excuse to go after the devil. I, looking at this indictment, I think the same thing today that I thought last week when it was announced. This is garbage. It's not the same kind of garbage that Alvin Bragg's New York indictment is. That's just legally frivolous. It's legally frivolous on the face of it. Let's go to 1 to 10. How concerned are you over that indictment? 1 to 10. The, the Bragg one? Yeah. 1.5. And what about this one? 4.5. What, what's the biggest difference then? Um, there are several things. Number one, this is the Department of Justice. Unlimited funds, unlimited lawyers, unlimited time. When the Department of Justice comes after you, it is a lot more serious. It just is. DOJ has resources, has power. It has the ability to devote massive resources and typically far more talented prosecutors than, than Alvin Bragg has at his disposal. Alvin Bragg, on the face of it, the indictment is really reaching. It's trying to create crimes where none exist. In this instance, what they allege is arguably criminal for someone who's not the president of the United States. The problem with it is the double standard and the political persecution rather than whether or not this is in fact a violation of law. The pundits on CNN will all say, ah, They've, they've shown a violation of law. My response is great. Explain to me why. If you want to prosecute Trump, are he and Biden going to be cellmates? If you bring twin prosecutions for the same thing and put Hillary in, have the three of them, you, you want to prosecute all three of them? We can talk about that. Now, that would be absurd. Sure. But that would at least be consistent to say, OK, any of you who had a classified document, we're going to prosecute all of you. All right, I, I, that I could understand. This is so serious, off with all their heads. But that's not what they're saying. With zero explanation, they say when the guy we don't like, who used to be president of the United States, who is a leading candidate to be the next president of the United States, when he does it, we will come after him and try to put him in jail. When our boss does it, who? What? Never heard of Joe Biden. Who's that guy? For more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They stand behind their values and they stand behind exceptional service. They're an example of putting the cause ahead of profit. And that is why I am proud to partner with them. Starting today, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal with the Every Friday Matters deal. And you can get a free smartphone when you switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the radical left. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life. 
are veterans and first responders. And more than just that, they are actually a 100% U.S.-based company with customer service teams that make switching easy. So you can keep your same number you have right now. You can keep your existing phone or, for a limited time, get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson or call them 972-PATRIOT. Use the promo code FRIDAY76. That's FRIDAY76. Again, get a free smartphone with promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me. Make the switch today at PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson or 972-PATRIOT. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There were some big wins that you were leading on, legislation you were leading on for the people in Texas and and in this country as well. Let's talk about how big these wins were right before recess. Well, sure, and I, I want to focus on on a single day, and that was Thursday, the last week of July, which is the last day the Senate was uh, in session. Uh, we've been on recess for the for the past several weeks, and so I've been traveling across the state of Texas and doing events 
all over Texas, but the last day we were in session was the Thursday, the last week of July. And on that one day, I passed eight separate pieces of legislation. It was a big deal to pass eight pieces of legislation. Uh, that, that, that There are a lot of members of the Senate that don't pass eight pieces of legislation after years of serving in the Senate, and I passed eight in a single day. And so I just wanted to walk through that day to give a sense of, of what can be accomplished fighting for Texas in a single day. So two of them passed out of the Senate Commerce Committee. And as you know, I'm the ranking member, the senior Republican, on the Senate Commerce Committee. And there were two different bills that I'd introduced, both of which passed the Senate Commerce Committee that day. One of them focuses on AM radio. And we've talked about the, that bill uh, here on this podcast before, which is that eight automakers announced they were pulling AM radios off of brand new cars and trucks. I think that's a terrible step. It's terrible for a lot of reasons, including that it denies people uh, disaster information in the, in, in the case of a hurricane or a fire or tornado or some other natural disaster. It hurts rural Americans who rely on AM radio, and it hurts conservative speech in particular. It's, it's, a, it's an example of corporate America silencing one of the most important platforms for conservative speech. Well, I teamed up with Ed Markey, the single most liberal member of the Senate, uh, in, uh, in legislation called the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, which mandates that new cars and trucks include uh, AM radio. And that legislation passed the Commerce Committee, passed it with overwhelming bipartisan support. So that was victory number one, a big deal that impacts you. You, you have a radio station, a, a radio show. It impacts all sorts of people on the radio, but it impacts up to 80 million Americans who listen to AM radio every single month. It's incredible legislation, and it's also, as you mentioned as well, a safety issue. You look at the hurricane uh, that is that we're dealing with right now in Florida that's going to be going up the East Coast, and, and I've already heard it and, and talked to friends down there. They're already reminding people, grab your crank AM radios to keep up when the power goes out so that you know what's going on. And, and I think there were many that thought of this as a way to silence conservative talk radio. Yes, there's no doubt there was a political side of this as well. But, but this other part was a safety issue. When hurricanes hit, when there's natural disasters yes. that happen, and, and they're talking about it. On, I was watching the Weather Channel today as a storm was, was developing, this hurricane, and, and strengthening. They were saying, make sure you have your crank AM radio. That is, that is something that saves lives in situations like this. And that's yeah. also why it was so important to make sure these AM radios, because there are people after storms hit, and even before, they can go out to their car, turn it on for a second, listen to the latest updates of what's happening, and, and that's something that happens or those crank radios or battery powered radios with am it's so vitally important for safety as well yeah and other media often go down in the, in the case of a disaster so it's so it's it's critical for getting people out of harm's way a second piece of legislation that i authored that also passed the commerce committee that day is legislation called the ticket act and it concerns if you go online and you buy sports tickets you go buy baseball tickets or football or basketball tickets or you buy Concert tickets, you want to go see your favorite artist pay. And, and all of us have had the experience where you go online to buy tickets, you pick out your seats, and you're really excited. And then you get to the final step of the transaction, and you see fees that are just massive. The fees can be as upwards of 40 50 60% of the total amount you're paying, and you don't learn until the very last step when you're entering your credit card. And, and so I joined with Maria Cantwell, uh, the Democrat from Washington State, who's the chairman of the committee, and and authored legislation that requires online ticket brokers to disclose 
the total amount of the ticket price with the fees up front so that when you're searching, you can know, okay, if, if this ticket's going to cost me $100, I'm not going to think it's 50 bucks and get surprised on the back end. As a consumer, I'm going to get to know up front and have the information to be able to comparison shop and, and make informed choices. Senator, you mentioned that there was not just these two pieces of legislation, but more than that that happened on this single day. Walk us down that again that path of what else happened. Well, sure. The first two passed the Commerce Committee. The remaining six pieces of legislation that I passed that day all passed the entire Senate, the full Senate. And, and all of them on that day, the last Thursday in July, we passed the National Defense Authorization Act, which is the big bill that passes every year that authorizes the Department of Defense and our military, and, and it's critical for ensuring that we can defend our nation. And, and it is considered must-pass legislation so that if you can author amendments that get attached to it, those amendments get passed into law and signed into law. I had six different amendments that passed on this year's NDAA. So one of the amendments I had was very focused on defense in the state of Texas, and it was ensuring that B-1 bomber wings remain in service for at least three more years, at least until 2026, until they're actually replaced by newer B-21 bombers. And, and this is critically important, number one, to preserve the U.S.'s long-range strike capabilities. But number two, many of those B-1 bomber wings are right now uh, housed at Dias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas. And we're in the process of replacing B-1 bombers with B-21s. B-21s are much more advanced bombers, but it takes time to produce the B-21s. And, and there's great concern, uh, number one, in West Texas, that the B-1s will be taken down before they're replaced by the B-21s. And so there's been a battle year after year to make sure that we don't decommission the B-1s until we have B-21s in, in place to replace them. That battle's happened every year for a number of years, and I've managed to, to win temporary delays in it. This year, we got a three-year freeze, which is critically important for ensuring our defense capability, but also for protecting West Texas and, and Dias Air Force Base. So a second amendment that also passed that day is legislation that I introduced that focused on, on what are called spy fridges, which is there are all sorts of appliances that, that you buy whether they're refrigerators, whether they're microwaves, whether they're uh, stoves or ovens that, that, that are smart devices. And they have built-in cameras and, and or recorders. And, and often people don't know when you're buying a fridge. You don't think to ask, gosh, is, is, is my refrigerator recording me in my kitchen? And, and so I authored legislation. It's very, very similar to the legislation uh, we, we talked about before the Ticket Act, it's disclosure legislation that says if there's an appliance that's being sold to consumers that can record you, that has a camera, either a video camera, an audio recorder, that they have to disclose to you, the consumer, hey, your, your fridge is spying on you. And, and that likewise was bipartisan legislation that likewise passed on the floor of the Senate. Let me tell you about Augusta Precious Metals. If you've seen the headlines lately, uh, you know what's going on with the economy. Third highest deficit in history. The highest uh, rate of debt we've ever seen in this country on credit card debt. The digital dollar sparking uncertainty is another headline. And, as you know, what's going on in the Middle East. We're living in an unpredictable world. But gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. And that's exactly why I've invested in physical gold. It's tangible. It's real. And it helps me sleep at night. 
Now, there are a lot of different companies you can call, but I want you to know about Augusta Precious Metals. Because if you have an IRA or a 401k, then it's time that you learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. That is where I bought my gold. They're exceptional, honest, and they answer all of your questions. In fact, they do a free sit-down with you, one-on-one, and answer all of your questions about gold. So, all you have to do is call them, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, and you can do a one-on-one meeting with their experts and ask all the questions about gold for you. They're also online at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com or 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Senator, did you ever think you were ever going to have to pass legislation that would tell like consumers if their products would possibly be able to spy on them? I mean, it, it does sound insane. It's extremely important. But did you ever think when you ran for the Senate that this would be something we would need? And fast forward to 2023, it's insane to me. It really is nuts, and it's where technology is taking us. It's where so much of corporate America violates the privacy of consumers. And look, the next time, Ben, you're walking to the fridge at 2 in the morning in your boxer shorts to get a midnight snack, just remember that video may be in the hands of whoever sold you the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for passing that. I do appreciate that. I think all of us can say yes on that one. What else was on the list? All right, so two other amendments that, that both concerned uh, oil. Uh, one of them uh, concerns Nord Stream 2. We've talked a lot about Nord Stream 2, which is the pipeline that Putin was building from Russia to Germany. And I had an amendment that, that holds accountable cor- the corrupt responsible, the corrupt officials who are responsible for building and or maintaining Nord Stream 2. And so that passed on that Thursday as well. Uh, the second one focused on U.S. oil, and in particular, our strategic petroleum reserve. Uh, and as you know, Joe Biden has sold down our strategic petroleum reserve to the lowest level it's been at in four decades. And the strategic petroleum reserve is there to protect our economy, to protect our national security, to ensure that we have energy in a time of crisis. And Joe Biden's used it to try to temporarily lower gas prices right before the last election to get a political benefit from it. And so I teamed up with Joe Manchin and authored legislation to prohibit the federal government from selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China, Russia, Iran, or North Korea, not to sell it to our enemies. And and that is not a hypothetical threat because Joe Biden, in fact, sold over a million barrels of oil from the U.S.'s Strategic Petroleum Reserve to communist China. And and given that, I, th- I thought that was absurd. Uh, Joe Manchin and I teamed up together to pass this legislation, and that was the fourth piece of legislation on the Senate floor that passed on that Thursday. Absolutely. Don't forget, we do this show Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button. Uh, The algorithms have changed on Apple. A lot of you have, uh, by default, kind of unfollowed the show. You may not even realize that. So make sure you check if you're listening on Apple and hit that follow button. You'll have to check back every couple of weeks. They have changed it up. Uh, It's frustrating, but it's their new algorithm. It's just how it works. So make sure you follow that as well. And don't forget, if you miss some shows during the week, we have our weekend review on 
on Saturdays as well for the highlights of some of the biggest things you may have missed during the week. Uh, it also helps us on the charts now more than ever with Apple. If you will write us a five-star review, that helps us reach people uh, with these new algorithm changes. It's more important than ever. So if you'll do that for us as well, we greatly appreciate it. And the center and I will see you back here in a couple of days. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.